Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Hey, welcome back. This is Dale Calvert. This is session number eight in the mini-series that we're doing within the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. This mini-series is called The Only Way, The Only Way to Create Wealth with the Network Marketing Business Model. Uh, I appreciate you listening in. If you have not heard the, the beginning up to this point in this series, I promise it's a total waste of your time. And uh, just go listen to something else. What I hope you'll do is go back to where you left off, whether that was session one of this series or two or three, wherever it was, and, and really go back and listen uh, to get the most value from what we're attempting to communicate in this particular series. You know, there's a, a saying that the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence. I say that quite often. I think we might even end this podcast with that. Uh, and never was there a truer statement than what I'm going to try to share in this session. As human beings, uh, we're all made up of opinions, attitudes, and beliefs. We all have too many opinions about too many things. We, some for some reason, feel compelled that it's our obligation to share our opinions with the world. Uh, I don't know why that is. It just kind of is. And then if you have an opinion about something, positive, negative opinion, doesn't matter. And all headline readers, all people that just kind of have heard about something but not really look behind the curtain or really investigate it, you know, feel like they have to share their opinions about whatever type of product or person or whatever uh, opinions. An attitude is much stronger. An attitude, there's some substance behind an attitude. We've all heard the statement, man, they really got an attitude about that, which means that it's stronger than an opinion. And then belief. A belief is a belief is a belief. Most of us have less than 20 true beliefs in our life. We can count them on our fingers and our toes. But a belief is a belief. And belief is hard to be swayed by somebody's negative opinion or somebody's negative attitude. And when you have two beliefs that are opposite, then you usually have fireworks. Uh, if they're not able to communicate and defend their belief. And most people, a lot of people, and this is really fascinating, but a lot of people have developed undefendable beliefs. But it's still a belief. I mean, they believe it. They believe it just as much as you believe your beliefs or I believe my beliefs. But some beliefs are defendable and some beliefs are totally undefendable. And my point being that beliefs are developed. Belief is developed. And they don't necessarily have anything to do with truth. Even though you be you believe it or somebody believes it, it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with truth unless 
the belief is defendable. And when I say defendable, it's like must be based upon wisdom of the ages, teachings, principles are congruent, are, are congruent scientific facts. There's a lot of incongruent scientific facts, but congruent scientific facts are congruent wisdom of the ages principles uh, to be defended. And again, I don't want to get into too much detail here, but, but I, the example that I like to use sometimes, and it's just so obvious, is American Idol. You know, if you go and you watch these kids that know they're the next Elvis Presley, you know, they're they're they can sing. They're they're the best in the world and they get up and they just bellow and they couldn't carry a tune in the in the bucket. And they're just flabbergasted that Simon doesn't think they're the best singer since, you know, whoever. They just cannot believe that that the judges uh, don't love them because their tr their true beliefs. Some, some, not all. Some is just they're tr they're looking for their three minutes of fame on TV. But there's some people that sincerely believe and probably were told all their life by the people that didn't have the guts to tell them the truth. Because again, you have to love people enough to tell them the truth, not necessarily what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. And when they're surrounded by people that were just, uh, you know giving them their participation trophies um, and they're surrounded by that. And then, you know, reality hits them right between the eyes and American Idol's an easy an example, but we see this in, in virtually everything, everything. So if you're still with me through this series, I sincerely appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you're still with me. For, for me personally, I mean, I just love the life that my wife and I, uh, have designed, and I'm not willing to change it uh, only to make it better. And the reality is, it's like, well, Dale, you should you should do this. You can make a bunch of money. You could do this, Dale. You sh you need to be doing this, Dale. You got to look at this. You can make a bunch of money. You can and and people who have a focus on money are always telling me how I can make a lot more money. And the reality is, you know, I sit back and I think, well, yeah, if, if I really 1000% focused on doing nothing but building a network marketing team and I could add a million dollars to, 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 to my, my income, uh, is that really, is that really going to make things in my life that much better or that much worse? And, the answer is absolutely no. The value of it, no, it's not going to make a difference one way or the other. The value of network marketing for me at this point in time in my life, the real value is the fox. I call it foxhole relationships where you've got somebody's back. They've got your back. You understand each other and you're in the foxhole and you're willing to fight the battles, fight the wars. Uh, because you believe in what you're fighting for. And those foxhole relationships, for me, is something that uh, means more than anything from this standpoint, from the network marketing business. Uh, I've always believed that the top three benefits of network marketing, number one, is the personal develop development required required to maximize your true upside potential. 
Most people never really experience that because they're always comparing themselves with other people instead of what they're capable of. Comparing themselves with themselves. They compare themselves with everybody around them. So it's number one, it's the personal development. Number two is the friendships you develop. And I mean the real friendships, not the fake friends on social media. I mean the people that you know you can get in the foxhole with. The friendships you develop. And then the income that the 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 income the lifestyle that the residual income can provide for you, so that's what I've always believed. Uh, more money never creates happiness, but the lack of money can create unhappiness. More money never creates more happiness, but the lack of money can create unhappiness. And you know, money ultimately makes people more what they already are. You know, Ziggs taught that. You know, if 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 you're a little tight, you're going to be a real tight water. You're going to be real stingy once you get the money, whatever. That money does make you more of what you already are. And the quality of your life, <coughs> excuse me, is in direct proportion to the quality of questions, I believe. The quality of questions that you ask yourself and then answer them truthfully. To thy own self be true. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It, it's to thy own self be true. And I believe that most network marketers are a victim of the culture, the network marketing culture in which they have been raised. Okay, as human beings, uh, by the time we're 12 years old, the, the things that are going to make the most impact on us are, is the environment in which we were raised. And that could be the city, state, or the country where we were raised, our environment, uh, our parents, and authority figures. Authority figures, parents, and the environment create who we are and create our box. And it, it defines what we think we are capable of from this point forward in our life, the box in which we were raised. And, you know, I've, I believe that success, the definition of success, the best definition of success that I've ever heard is success is living your life working towards worthy goals. And I've been a success since I was a kid. I mean, because my whole life, all I can remember was working towards winning the soapbox derby, uh, helping our team win the Little League Championship, helping our team go undefeated, having the best, being part of the best freshman football team in the history of our school, uh, playing starting center field with a baseball team when I was a freshman, when freshmen weren't supposed to be allowed to come out for the team. Uh, a lot of success a lot of working towards where they go and multiple failures, multiple disasters, but always working towards something. And so for me, um, I mean, when I was a 23 or four year old kid uh, that was $50,000 in debt, driving a beat-up Chevette, living in a little tiny 600-square-foot home, for me, 
I was as much of a success as at any time in, in my life. Uh, success is living your life, working towards worthy goals. So for me, if I look at my life, it's like my whole life, I was just a success until, until, until I got to a point where I had everything money could buy. And everything money could buy, you know, making millions of dollars a year. See, so what happens, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, at some point when, when, you're, when you're working under correct knowledge and working based upon foundational principles, wisdom of the ages, and you're moving in, and you're moving in the right direction, at some point what happens is if you're consistently working towards those dreams – at some point, your reality will so far surpass your expectations. I mean, it, 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 to a point of guilt. It's like it's hard when when my goal coming into the network marketing industry, if I can make $100,000 a year and not have a boss and get to have, develop foxhole relationships with people and – continue to grow, learn, and become more and try to become the best that I can be and compare myself with myself and get to $100,000 a year, how could life get any better than that? And and then the further beyond that it grows, sometimes the more difficult it becomes. Like I said, I was successful my entire life until, 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 until I had everything money could buy. And that's I know that's a brain tweak, but it's like I I wasn't prepared. Sometimes you're not prepared, and I see this in this profession a lot, a, a lot. You know, people get so far beyond their wildest dreams, and they really don't have people that can kind of help them navigate those waters because they're very extremely choppy. The more the more you have, the more responsibilities you have. Uh, you know, when you've got a 106-acre farm and you've got, you know, cows getting in your place and you've got grass that needs to be mowed and it keeps raining and then the, the, the tractor breaks down and, oh, my gosh, we're getting we're getting uh, algae in the pool. And, and it's just it creates you have to have someone to just manage literally paying somebody to just manage what you've accumulated and uh, I'm not going to get too far down that road but 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 I just want you guys to understand I sincerely believe success is living your life working towards worthy goals and after you reach those goals you're no longer a success unless you set new ones and what happened for me, many of you know, I just coasted. You know, I got to a point and just coasted for over 15 years. And then, you know, you have a couple of heart attacks and it's like it's a reality check. It's a wake up. Dale, what are you doing with your life? What are you supposed to be doing? And many of you know, that's when I first started these podcasts it was about five years ago uh, this month. Uh, after a couple heart attacks and a lot of just really personal evaluation, self-evaluation and trying to figure out, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of businesses that you can that you can do well financially. But 
the beautiful part for me about network marketing is the fact that the ripple effect of it and the fact that you can really make a huge impact the right information, the right information, wisdom of the ages, principles can make a huge impact in the lives of other people and future generations. So personally, you know, I've had trouble redefining goals over the years. Um, my business mind and my passion, uh, uh, my business mind and then my passion, my passion being network marketing, uh, the people within network marketing, the foxhole relationships within network marketing. But my business mind and, and my passion uh, slash calling since we've started this podcast has been in a constant conflict since 2015. Constant conflict, the time, energy, and effort that we put into this particular business model. And when I felt like I was getting you know, in a real rhythm with this about a year ago, uh, we had major disruption uh, in our businesses with some of you know, we had a major fire uh, in our office in Kentucky where we operated five businesses and, you know, staff couldn't come to work. And it, and it was just it was very disruptive It was disruptive to my life, which is kind of good because sometimes you just need to stop, take a breath and reevaluate and keep on moving forward. And. I personally have accepted the fact that I don't I don't enjoy having a business where my customers are opportunity seekers. I'm going to say that again. I do not enjoy having a business where my customers are opportunity seekers. And I've got to have other customers in order to maintain some type of sanity. And that's why, you know, we accept 20 people to the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy and only 20. You know, I'm not I don't want 200 or 2000. I want 20 foxhole relationships, real people that we can hopefully help in a significant way. So we have 20 Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy members. I, I enjoy having University of Kentucky basketball fans as um, customers for Wildcat Gifts. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I enjoy the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy members and the MLM Training Club members because the MLM Training Club members that stay with it, uh, you know, they, they, get, they understand it's not foo-foo dust and they stay with the process. It makes a huge impact for those people. So I, I appreciate working with those type of people, but uh, opportunity seekers in general and especially uh, new newbies that really think there is foo-foo dust uh, is, is very draining for me. So when given the opportunity to make 50000 a month in network marketing or 250000 a month, with an online e-commerce store uh, or doing real estate deals or owning a few franchises, day trading, uh, you know, stocks or, or crypto, uh, I would choose the 50000 uh, before the 250000 always if, if it's within the network marketing industry with the right people. And... 
I'll always choose to support entrepreneurs over the most the vehicle that can create the most cash flow. Always, I will support entrepreneurs over a vehicle that can provide more cash flow. I'll I'll put the time with the entrepreneurs, and it's probably the best and the worst of what I do. So, what I would ask you today, the thing I'd really like for you to think about is why are you doing the business? Why are you involved with network marketing? What do you really want to accomplish from your network marketing business? And has it changed from when you first started? You know, what I have found over the years is a lot of people enter this profession with big dreams, and the longer they're in it, they start uh, they start those dreams start to diminish and those goals start to diminish and they start accepting reasons that many times that they didn't even come here for but but they just kind of become part of it and there is absolutely no question none none that the network marketing social club trap the social club aspect of this business has gradually become and accepted as the culture of the entire profession. And guys, those are strong words, but I want you to think about it. Network marketing today is much more of a social club than it is a business. It's a social club. People think they're in business but they're just hanging out with other people that like to be called entrepreneurs or like to tell themselves that they're in business. As leaders, this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable for your team. It's un- definitely unacceptable for you, but it's unacceptable for your team. And when we sit back and look at it, it's evident. You know, knowledge understanding and and I'm going to go hear so-and-so speak at our conference and I'm going to get all this knowledge. Knowledge without proper action leads to delusion of yourself and everybody around you. So I'm going to get a little bit deep here, but this is really, really important, guys, that that we understand what's going on. Really understand what's going on. And after paying close attention to the emotional and psychological flow of this industry for the past five years, I mean, really close attention since starting this, the, the, the couple podcasts and what we've been doing actively within the profession, I find the answers to these three questions extremely important and fascinating. Uh, again, the network marketing social club trap has gradually become the accepted culture in the entire profession. Uh, so the three things I find just beyond fascinating is why it is acceptable to talk about and teach people what you've never done and how commonly accepted that is that uh, people can go and, talk about that which they've never done and trying to teach people how to do that which they've never done and the rest of the network marketing world accepts that as common business practice and I'm not talking about talking about how much money people made but I'm talking about nobody everybody's talking about well I made one million dollars I did yeah okay but not talking about what 
did your team members do? How many, how many people have you actually made an impact for? Where it's more about me, my money, than it is our team and what they've been able to accomplish. It's kind of mind-blowing to me. Number two is I find it fascinating that generic seminars are making a comeback, not just in network marketing, but in the entrepreneurial world. I find that very fascinating. And then the third thing is <laughs> why VIP attendee, being a VIP attendee in an event, at these events, has really become a thing. And I'm going to just address this and, and because I think it's timely and uh, it'll see how all this plays out over the next five years. But I just find it really fascinating. Uh, so why has talk about and teach what you've never done become so commonly accepted? Uh, I think it's because, well, Dale, you know, because people have never stopped. So you know what? This whole imposter syndrome is really real in network marketing. The MLM culture, the MLM culture has developed a second wave of imposters, not leaders. Let me say that again. The network marketing business model has developed a second wave now of imposters, but not leaders. Because, again, leadership has nothing to do with the amount of money somebody's made. And they're thinking, oh, Dale, but they, they, they were the number one money earner, and they did this, and they did that. And, okay, uh, the company was a sham. They've made all their money selling to newbies that don't know better. Uh, one person that they personally recruited that was sick and tired of being sick and tired, career frustrated, and they work with them one-on-one -on -one and help them uh, go f become a full-time earner in the profession. Just one. I mean, I don't, you, know, you don't need to have 40, but one. And again, not looking behind the curtain. And as an industry, we just turned a blind eye to so much. And I just find it fascinating. You know, and I love the comment Jim Rohn said, the quote, he said, never mistake sincerity with honesty because some people are sincerely wrong. And, you know, I think about this whole magnetic, magnetic attraction marketing when it first hit the 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 industry. It's just it's just kind of blows my mind. And, and again, I blame it on my generation because we were not giving people proper direction. But the fact that uh, a broke. And, and I say this and I'm not I, I mean, I think there's a lot of really good people that are sincerely trying to help people, but I, I and I really believe that was the and that's how this whole flawed philosophy entered the profession. Uh, but when a broke uh, P.F. Chang waiter can write a book that's going to teach people how to become the 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 hunted instead of the hunters. And the hunters and hunters, the hunted and hunters mentality is something that is an indication to me of lack of proper training from the beginning uh, for that particular person because that should have never been developed because that's not what it is. 
and granted, that's the way most people approach this business, but and it, and it is completely wrong. But that's lack of leadership from from my generation, not not because that's reality based, but it, it emotionally connected with most people because most people were never given the direction leadership on how to start their business properly, correctly, legally, legally, ethically, morally, how to properly launch their business. So it, it just is amazing to me that a broke BF Chang uh, restaurant waiter can write a book teaching people how to be the hunted instead of the hunter and sell $25 million worth of a, of an ebook in a couple of years, uh, teaching people how to do something that conceptually made sense uh, but was not based upon any kind of reality or had no opportunity ever to duplicate. And it's just kind of amazing how all this started. I mean, it, it beyond crazy to me, just beyond crazy. And we have to understand it. You know, we got imposter syndrome is real. It's more real than it's ever been. You know, we got and, and it's confused a lot of people. Because we've gotten away from wisdom and we've gotten away from leadership development and it's and we've made everything about you, your money and the foo-foo dust, you know, and how somebody can, you know, have failed in 10, 11, 12 companies and then decide I'm going to do a video every day, every day. I'm going to teach people how to build a network marketing team and 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 develop such a large audience of sheep that never look behind the curtain, never ask any intelligent questions. And then became the top distributor in a couple different money games disguised as network marketing organizations. And then, you know, has been guiding people down dirt roads ever since from, you know, my lead system pro. And you've got to have a blog if you want to be considered a network marketing professional and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to teach you how to become a well-paid network marketing consultant, even if you've never sponsored your first team member and rode your first customer, and just the amount of minutia and just uh, that is put into the marketplace publicly for everybody to see, uh, it's kind of it's kind of just mind-boggling to me. It's it's sincerely mind-boggling to see what is in this profession and what we have just accepted. You know, and it's not that we have to look behind the curtain. It's bald faced right in front of you. I don't understand how anybody could could li watch somebody, listen to somebody, tell them, look, I'm going to show you how to become a sought after speaker trainer in any niche, even if you know nothing about the niche. And nobody knows who you are. And I'm going to show you how to do it in record speed. The, and why any intelligent person would listen to anything that ever comes out of that person's mouth again is kind of mind-boggling to me. It, it, it really is mind-boggling. And, and again, I think that comes back to the reality and the main foundation that I've come to is the fact that I don't like working in markets where opportunity seekers are my customers because most are seeking 
the Fufu does solutions and there's a lot of marketers that are willing to sell it to them. And uh, I find that just disturbing, disturbing. So I ask myself, why has this talk about and teach people to do that which you've never done become so commonly accepted? And I think imposter syndrome is real. And unfortunately, it's duplicating, not just within the network marketing profession, but primarily within the network marketing profession. Uh, people never talk about teams, always about money, almost always about how much money they've made. And the money's come from uh, teaching people how to become highly paid network marketing consultants or whatever. And if you just stop and you name a generic teacher in this profession and you ask yourself how much money's come from selling info instead of building teams, uh, it'll make you cry. It'll make you cry. So we're in a market today with the info product business. It's starting to decline because there's so much information overload in the opportunity space. So you're seeing more and more self-proclaimed gurus promoting each other to keep, in my opinion, to keep the masses confused and mentorless. And I don't even know if mentorless is a word, but this happened in the Internet marketing space first. OK, you do your launch this month. Joe's going to do his in three months. Sally Ann's going to do hers in seven months and then Bill will do his and at the end of the year and then we'll extract as much money as we can from as many people as we can this year. So four gurus, four launches, everybody's promoting each other's big launch. And we, a lot of us have been around for a while. We witnessed that in the IM world, which kind of brings me to the next, to the next question, to question number two. And question number two is why are generic seminars making a comeback in the entrepreneurial world and in network marketing. Why is that happening? And I think understanding why that's happening will help us move forward uh, building teams and understanding people and understanding the culture in which we, we're operating our businesses. And it's it's constantly evolving. You know, I look back from 1995 to 2000, uh, I could have spoke at a conference every weekend if I wanted to somewhere. And, you know, most of the time when I bet that the conferences and the, I just turned them down sincerely because I just they were pitch fest. And I would still do some if there's going to be it, it depend upon who was operating, who was running them and what the focus was. And if they said, Dale, we want you to do a generic uh, training and we don't want you to, to talk about any product or service uh, on Friday. And then we're going to bring you back on uh, Saturday evening. And then if you have if you want to talk about if you want to promote one of your home study courses, then then that will be fine. And they would mix it up, you know, but it was a lot of value and a lot of content. But the reality is a lot of content you can deliver, but if people want to maximize it, they need a home study course. Okay. 
And I believe that. I have no problem with that. But when it's just pitch, 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 pitch for three straight days, I always had a problem with that because it's, it didn't set well with attendees. And you've got to be able to provide valuable content. And I have nothing, no problems with home, home study courses. I've bought more than anybody I know. Okay, so I had no problem with that. It was just, it was just, there were seminars happening all over everywhere. And, and I talk, I talk about a lot of stuff. You know, I talk about mindsets. I talk about, you know, we had, uh, my wife and I, phenomenal, uh, eBay course to help people create cash flow with eBay. We don't have that on the market anymore. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of different things, buying and selling websites, flipping domains. I've done a lot of stuff over the years. Uh, you know, that I don't talk a lot about, but I've done a lot just to support entrepreneurs. So from 95 to 2000, I could have spoke somewhere on some topic almost every weekend. But it, the seminar business burned itself out, especially in the IM world, because there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And your long term income is in direct proportion to the value that you provide to the market that you serve. And many, many talk the talk, but their track record in actions is all being documented. It's all being documented. And I tell you what, there's a lot of network marketing gurus that I think their grand grandkids are going to say, my gosh, they were a scumbag. They were a shyster. I sincerely believe that. And maybe not because probably, unfortunately, their grandkids will be uh, more of a shyster than they were. Who knows? I don't know. It just and again, it doesn't matter. It's not it doesn't matter. All any of us can do is look in the mirror. Right. But I think there's a right way and wrong way to, to do events and, and to recognize people. And I just I just do. I believe that. So. There's basically five five key things I want to end this with. You know, having a business card regarding events, okay, regarding events and attending events and why events are so popular. And what I really believe is most people attend the events. They attend the event. Hear what I'm going to say. This is sad. They attend the event not for the knowledge. They attend the event, not for the education. They attend the event for the Instagram picture. Having a business card and attending a conference doesn't make you an entrepreneur. There's five phases of entrepreneurship, of launching a business in and outside of network marketing. And phase one is just grind and then grind and grind some more. So it's a lot of time, energy, effort, really, to get any business launched and off the ground. Uh, and during this time, you have to refine your skill sets and your mindsets that are required for that particular business model. But it's going to take education and work and grind, and especially in the network marketing business model. And the grind will hopefully lead to phase two, which is traction. 
where you start getting some traction, where you start enrolling a few customers, a few members, team members, and you start kind of get consistent with that. And in network marketing, I've said it 5,000 times, and I'll say it 5,000 times more. When you can get your skill sets and your mindsets to the point where you can consistently recruit five new customers and or team members a month consistently, you can control your financial destiny in this profession. That's the goal. Get to five. Five a month. And then phase three in network marketing is eventually you start creating duplication from your team. You know, Sarah Ann gets four or five and Phil gets three and Maggie gets one and the next month she gets three. She gets three new customers and and after a while if you get through the grind and develop the skill sets, mindsets, activities necessary to get to three to five new people a month and you get to three to five a month and over time then you'll have people on your team that will start working towards that and being in the grind and then at some point they start they get their skill sets and mindsets to where they can recruit three to five and then phase four kicks in and phase four is a very systematic sequential duplication of leaders okay then what happens is People that understand the launch and getting your skill sets, mindsets, activities to three to five new people again. What happens when you teach this systematically over time? Phase four is your leadership starts duplication, not just your your team members start having being productive, but your leaders start duplicating. And once your leaders start duplicating and they're duplicating th- through systematic sequential systems and teaching people the five core systems that we've talked about, launch, retail, customer acquisition, retail to recruit, two-step recruiting process, uh, the retention system, so on and so forth. Once, once your organization starts duplicating and leadership start duplicating those systems, uh, it becomes unbelievably powerful and you will be in a point that will far surpass your expectations and you're going to have all kinds of options and that's kind of the real path and the real income and lifestyle most people enter the profession to achieve can can happen uh, I believe that very few people today really believe that someone could you know create a million dollar millionaire status with this profession I, I think we've gotten so far away from the core fundamentals we are where we are and you know when a movement gets away from its core fundamentals there's always unintended consequences which we've talked about before so because of that because you know it is a grind it's a grind, and it's very difficult to learn the proper skill sets and mindsets, and it's really hard to teach new people, look, the purpose of launching your business is not to convince somebody to buy, sell, or join. The odds of the person being the one you're looking for is not very good, but the odds of them knowing the person you're looking for is extremely high. So the purpose to launch your network marketing business is to not to – to convince them to buy or sell or join, 
but to figure out who do they know that's career frustrated? Who do they know that's a perfect prospect for your product or service right now in their life? And that whole, what I just said in the last two minutes, is a foreign, totally untaught concept and always has been. And that's the kind of the foundation for uh, the backlash the network marketing business model has has had because we've sent newbies into the marketplace trying to convince people to buy, sell, or join and not letting them understand how to properly launch a business. So because of that, we end up where we are with a big social club. And then the last thing that I really don't get as far as seminars, and it's this whole VIP status. I mean, you talk about a joke. You talk about a joke. This whole VIP seminar thing is, I mean, I've watched it from afar, and I got an, an email last month from one of our podcast listeners, and she was just, it was, it, and it like, then it really brought it home to me. But I'm going to talk about this because if you go to a seminar, cool, go learn, take your journal, learn all you can, get the information. Get the information. I don't care what, what you're doing. I believe in personal education at a high level. Okay, but that's not why people are there. So the third thing is why has VIP become a thing at these events? And I'll tell you exactly why. And, and it's important that you hear this, and you're going to have team members you're going to have team members that are going to the seminar and they're going to be a bit you, that you're going to need to send this, <laughs> this podcast to. VIP is designed to extract money and add to the illusions of the delusional people that don't want to accept wisdom of the age of success principles and go grind. Start grinding. Start, start, ex- Get your business launched. That's what a VIP, that's the purpose of a VIP ticket. Let me say it again. It's designed to extract money and add to the illusions of the delusional that don't want to accept wisdom of the ages principles and go grind, go get their business launched. Uh, So I'm going to share a VIP story with you for the very first time. Uh, uh, Two or three years ago, um, Don and I had launched a business with a new technology that we were pretty fired up about, and we qualified for the corporate cruise, and uh, we went on the cruise, and right after the cruise, the company was launching in Miami, uh, the first launch event, and so, you know, we went to the event, and the got went and got registered and you know walking back to to the uh, to our hotel and one of the corporate people said, "Well, why aren't you all at the VIP room?" And I just looked at her like, "Why would we be at the VIP room?" And she said, "You mean you didn't get VIP tickets?" And I'm just, of course not. Why? Why? Would I would I pay another two hundred dollars to have a ribbon on my badge that says VIP? 
Well, you get to sit up front. I don't want to sit up front. I want to sit with our team. I don't want to sit up front. I don't care about sitting up front. Well, but, but, but we have a VIP room and, and we, got, we got a pig on the table right now. You need to come back. And she just grabbed Dawn and I and just brought us right back to the, the march that's in this room. And it's like, you know, I'm looking around and it's like, you know, there's a few people in there that I knew that, and we started a conversation with a couple people, but, I, but, but I'm just looking around and I'm looking at all the people and there was a ton of them and, and about five, ten minutes, I don't know, you ready to get out of here? She said, I'm ready. Let's get out of here. Cause I mean, no value there, no value in the time there. And when we walked out, I told Don, I said, you know what? I said, 80% of the people in that room haven't sponsored one person and will never be at another event. 80% have not sponsored one person, they had no customers, and will never be at another event, but they like hanging out in the VIP lounge. It, it To their own self be true. So... Anyone uh, that's been with us since 2017, and you know where we sit, back left-hand corner, with, with, with any team members that we have. And I believe there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. But I also know this. Real winners only need appreciation, not a badge that lies to them. Did you hear what I just said? People, this needs this message needs to be in the market. Real winners just need appreciation. They don't need a badge that lies to them. And I'll back up. Back in you know when we when we were director of marketing for a company, we had roped off roundtable sections in the front of every room. You know how you got up there? By producing, not by paying an extra $200 so you could be called a VIP and sit up front. That is, that, that is, that is manipulation of the masses that don't know. Do people really not know any better? I mean, it blows my mind. It blows my mind because when you're, when you're built, when you're recognizing people for, for real production, and not how much money they're spending with you, it, it creates the right kind of culture. So anyway, I'm going to get fired up now. It just bothers me. A, a podcast listener emailed me last week, or was that about a month or so ago now? And yeah, it was just a great example of what's become norm, normal for the entrepreneurial seminar world. Not just in network marketing. This was network marketing that she sent it to me. You know, because I had probably mentioned VIP badges at some point before. And then she said, Dale, check this out. Super VIP is now available. Super VIP. When did VIP start meaning very insecure person? She says, if you pay 500% times the normal worthless tickets, ticket price, you get to hang out with the guru speakers. They know 
there's a higher likelihood you will buy their crap that they will be pitching all weekend if you get to meet them and hang out with them the, the night before the event starts. I understand more and more when I hear you say on your podcast, you don't know if you should laugh or cry. I'm not a cynical person, but this is evidence of what people will let you get away with when when you don't know what you're doing and have zero conscious. This is going to eventually backfire on these seminar promoters when losers start telling, going on social media and telling how they were scammed and pitched after paying nearly $900 for a super VIP ticket. <laughs> oh, laugh or cry. And then she sent me some screenshots of the page. It was like general admission, and it's got a button that says reserve your seat, and then it says VIP. And then it says payment plan now available for VIP. Okay. <laughs> and then reserve your seat. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need to put your VIP ticket on a payment plan, that's probably a good indication that you shouldn't be buying a VIP ticket. And if you don't want just VIP, now we have Super VIP. And, of course, a payment plan is available for Super VIP as well. And then she sent me the she, – she laid this out. She – like the, the general admission is – $127, and then you can become a VIP, and if you're a VIP, you, you get lunch every day, which that's a pretty good for three days. I don't know how much three days lunch would be, but I don't think it's $300 more. No, it's not $300. It's $400 more. Is that right? $127 for general admission. VIP is $597, $400 more, you get lunch, but you also get – uh, you also get preferred seating and you get preferred seating and then you get VIP only reception I guess that's where they put the pig on the table and you get to take a picture you get to have your picture taken with the host well, isn't that cool I mean you should do that for people regardless and then exclusive photo opportunity you get an exclusive photo opportunity uh with the host for $400 more per ticket. And then if you want to pay, well, I guess it was $9.97, then you got a bunch of other, what was it? Yeah, $9.97. Yeah, $8.97. So $600 more. You get lunch for all three days. And when you get to the event, we're going to roll out a red carpet for your registration where only you get to you get to register on the red carpet special registration table. Only you. Uh, all the other people. People talk about Dale. You're so you you exclude people, Dale. You 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 exclude people. You and it's like is this not can can you manipulate and exclude people further than what I'm talking about here with super VIP? What else did she say? You get private access to one full hour earlier than the VIPs. You get to come and sit in the room one hour before the VIPs, and, and especially before all the masses of people. Uh, you get 
lifetime access to the recordings, which you should anyway. They should be part of the normal ticket price. And you also get an autographed copy of the, the host book. So they're going to autograph their book for you. You get to go in the room an hour before everybody else. Uh, you get access to the recordings, and it only costs you, what will we figure, six or seven hundred dollars more than the, what did she say, than the initial ticket price that isn't worth. I don't know what she said. It's just, it's just again, I have to laugh because if I don't, I just, it, this is ridiculous. What did she say? When losers start telling how they were scammed and pitched after paying nearly $900 for a super VIP ticket. Oh, gosh. I'm just going to end this up, guys. You know, super VIP, understanding this whole culture of what's going on with events, why they're becoming... Uh, more popular, uh, anything to keep people from, you know, getting their business launched and just, you know, bring them in and, you know, uh, just bring them in and, and stroking their ego and letting them, uh, continue to, to stay in a state of delusion, uh, and extract as much money from them as you can until they're gone. It's not a good business model for our profession. It's not a good way. It's not, it doesn't serve the profession well. And it's this mentality is, in my opinion, the reason that the profession is in the state of dissipation because we've just continually just help people become more and more delusional and the rest of the world sits back and thinks we've all gone crazy. So again, VIP is designed to extract money and add to the illusions of the delusional that don't want to accept wisdom of the age of success principles and go work and go work. Uh, to their own self be true. You are a VIP in your life when you live daily working towards Worthy goals. The results don't count. Consistent effort doesn't always bring consistent results, but it always brings success. You know, as you're building your team, guys, the more you can stay focused on true wisdom of the ages principles that will really make a huge impact on people instead of trying to manipulate them uh, into this VIP and now super VIP world, uh, we've got to have leaders that understand what the real game is. But now it's so easy, you know. All I have to do is just put VIP on a badge, and people pay $300 more to have that on their ticket. Are you and, and, and that's a sad state of any industry. And yes, it's, it's indicative of the world in which we live. But to their own self be true and don't, there's no reason to ever appeal to the mediocrity of people when you live in a free enterprise system. When you live in a free enterprise system. Now, if, if we were in communist countries, 
you know, that's a whole different discussion. But we live in the free enterprise system. Most of the people listen to this podcast, you can participate in free enterprise. And yes, there's challenges. There's challenges everywhere. But there is never an excuse for manipulation of people. Never an excuse for that under any circumstances. Well, Dale, they're all going. It's like the, the dude on American Greed. I can't remember, but it was a Forex training, uh, Forex platform where you put your money in and then you were able to trade in the Forex market. And the whole thing was bogus. And then they were interviewing the, the guy that set it up, the con man. And he said, well, he said, you know, 97% of people were going to lose all their money in the Forex market anyway. So I just took it from them before they lost it. And, you know, it's like these VIPs, people paying, paying for a VIP badge and super VIP. They're never going to sponsor anybody or do the business anyway. So I just extract as much money from them as I can before they're gone. And we wonder why the profession is in a state of dissipation. I know we got a little deep, kind of went everywhere this this week. Uh, I got one more session. We're going to end it up. But I think understanding where the profession is right now today uh, not just where it's been, but understanding the trends that are happening right now is really an indication of the state of the profession and why it is in dissipation. And, you know, why seminars and VIPs and, and why things are tr- starting to, to get even more popular because we've, we've gotten even further away from reality Network marketing, the network marketing business model in general is further away from reality, from a real business than it's ever been. So I hope this has helped. I know it's probably upset a lot of people, but it is what it is. It is what it is. To their own self be true. This is Dale Calvert. I'll talk with you again next week. Next week will be the last session of the only way to create network marketing wealth. Next week will be the last session. Talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.